Hello and welcome to Birth Trauma Training for Birth Workers. I'm your host, Dr. Erin Bow, clinical psychologist and coach, mother of two traumatic births myself. This podcast is all about helping the helpers, supporting the supporters and training birth workers to feel connected and confident to navigate birth trauma. A huge part of what I do is to uplift wounded healers and I know that there are so many of you. So I honour you for making some time for yourself right now. This podcast is also available in video format in places where people have said yes, you can see me as well as hear me. This is a new thing I'm trying. I like seeing faces, even if it means I have to get out of my pyjamas. So head on over to my YouTube channel, which is Dr. Erin Bow. And before we start, if you've been enjoying this podcast and you're listening on iTunes right now, which I know a lot of you are, can you hit pause for a second and leave me a super quick review? I really want these stories and support and messages of hope and growth to reach as many people who are interested in birth as possible. That's it. Reviews help the algorithm and then it gets shown to more people. It helps. And there's no money in it for me. This podcast is just my, you know, gift to you (laughs) and for me to have some, you know, temporary time out of mum life to talk to other grown-ups to, you know, bypass small talk conversation and get to really good juicy stuff, which I love. And I so, so, so value your support. It really keeps me going. And I love stories. This is why I do what I do. This is why I do this podcast. Sharing stories can be such soul medicine. And I really do believe that as healers and helpers, we cannot walk this path alone. We need support. We need a sounding board and a circle, either a physical one or a metaphorical one for storytelling. Storytelling is so important. Hey, so a quick one today. I wanted to talk to you about the concept of failure and trying again and trying again and trying again and persistence and I guess this idea of how many goes do you think or you know or you think you know. How many goes does something take until it's finished, successful, right, looking like how you want it to look like? And so whether that is in the concept of growth and healing and thinking, oh, it's been X amount of time since my birth. It's been X amount of time since this trauma. Shouldn't I be better by now? Shouldn't I be all fixed? Shouldn't I be whatever it might be? Which is a common thing that's happened with pretty much every single trauma client I've ever had. Having a notion or an idea of like, well, roughly this is how long this should take. And therapists do this too. And it's not really based on very much, actually. It's a sort of mm, rough sense of how long this should take. And I guess, you know, like we have things like stats. There's, I suppose, potentially reasons why Medicare in Australia funds 10 sessions for things that are supposed to be not complicated. Don't even get me started on, I'm sure I've talked to you about it a million times before, but the fact that you only get 10 sessions to treat something like PTSD. It's just not enough. It's way too long and way too complex. But this, you know, when you put a number on something, having this idea that this is how long it's supposed to take, right? Same with birth, right? People sometimes have this idea that, hmm, this should be done by now. And I mean, I remember that with my second birth that, and I have very, very quick births. Both of my births have been no more than like 90 minutes, a couple of hours 
felt like a lot longer at the time. <laughs> but I mean, comparatively speaking, I do remember getting to a point in my second birth and thinking, I'm pretty sure I was done by now with my first baby. Like, why is this taking so long? This is really annoying. It's too hard, all that kind of stuff. So we have this concept, we think, of how long should something take, how many tries, that we're somehow better or more successful or better adjusted or whatever it might be if it takes less tries. And so I was just thinking today about how Dior took 150 goes to make one version of this perfume. So they were trying to come up with a younger version of the poison perfume, I guess based on the idea that younger women had probably snuck their mother's like poison perfume in the 80s and were trying to come up with a younger version of it and balancing all these different ingredients to achieve the smell and the product that they wanted. 150 goes. Um, I also think about, well, I suppose just thinking about smells and taste and food and things like that with children who don't, or even adults actually, who don't like a certain food. I think like this really fun fact, it's not an exact science, but it's roughly like, it's something like 16 times that you need to try something, try a food, try a taste, try a flavor before your brain even registers, whether you like it or not. And um, when I used to work with younger children and families, fussy eating was like a really common thing that we came across. And so I used to do these experiments with parents, putting some like unidentifiable substances in front of them and saying, now I want you to eat that. And it wouldn't be anything like terribly toxic. It might just be like here's some paint and here's like some, you know, that revolting liquid um, iron supplement and things like that. So things that are edible but you kind of look at and go, I don't know what that is. I'm not putting that in my mouth. You've got to be kidding. And, again, the concept being, okay, you've got to smell it. You've got to touch it. Taste is like the final part before you even decide if you like it or not. And there are a couple of food choices that I've never liked. One is rocket and the other one is um, coriander. And I have managed through persistence, so trying over and over and over and over, to get myself to actually like those flavours, whereas five years ago I didn't, right? So we're capable of changing. It might have taken more than 16 tries. But it's this, again, idea of just because something doesn't work out the first time or you don't like it the first time or it's not on par with what someone else has done, doesn't matter. And that's a huge reminder for anything, whether it is work, whether it is personal development. I'm stuck with something in work at the moment where, as many of you know, I'm desperately trying to get this birth trauma training course finished. Editing is just the biggest part of making any online course, I would say. And so part of my frustration is that it's still not done. And battling with the, oh, if I'd just done it myself, it would have been done ages ago. Oh, but I need to outsource. Hmm. Oh, okay. So someone else can't hop inside my brain and see the exact vision that I want. So communicating the vision that I want. And I kind of feel like I'm, um, you know, one of those people trying to describe what somebody looks like to one of those forensic artists. And I'm like, okay, do I just do it visually? Do I describe it with words? Do I write it down? How do I do this? How do I communicate what I want my vision to look like? And again, struggling with the, am I just trying to be fussy and perfectionistic or am I trying to get out into the world a product that like I'm really happy with and I'm really pleased with and looks beautiful and is amazing and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, so going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with editing and trying to get it to look the way it looks in my head is quite an interesting process. But again, this notion of 
oh, it's just taking too many goes. It's taking too many tries. It's taking too much time. Um, you know, I'm approaching two years because my baby's approaching two years. So she's not a baby anymore, which means I'm approaching two years that I've been working on this course, which is a lot longer than I'd anticipated. And I have all of these like, oh, no, all the people who signed up, you know, like February 2017 for updates are now going to disappear and they're not interested and, like, I've kept people waiting too long. And it's just taken however long it's taken. And I had to really lean into um, this idea of waiting and patience and trying to not control outcomes by pushing them to happen, which has been interesting. So I've been listening to Gabby Bernstein's new book, Super Attractor. I've never listened to one of her books before. I've never really like had much to do with her. I just kind of kept this book of hers kept popping up and it's really interesting because it's a bit more on the spiritual side of things and I've probably delved much into recently, although I'm really loving it. And it's talking about yeah, again, trying to force an outcome and how much when you try and force an outcome, it doesn't work. So whether you think about that as like not trusting that the universe has your back or not trusting divine timing or whatever, and it's a concept I keep coming back to because I have to remind myself that if, for example, with this course, if I put out the version that I first came up with 18 months ago, I know, I know I wouldn't be happy with it now. And I'd be thinking, oh, I wish I had spent more money on it. I wish I'd done it professionally. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. So trusting divine timing with things and not getting stuck on the like, can this just be out and over and done, you know, like when I used to mark um, university theses, which is a terrible word when you say it outside your head, (laughs) inside your head. But so marking a thesis. And you'd see it time and time and time and time again. The person who is so sick of looking at it, they're so fed up with it that they're just like, yep, done, dusted, handed in. And then it's just left with like all these mistakes and things that don't make sense. And they end up getting a lower mark or not, you know, having to make lots of changes. And you're like, oh, if you'd, okay. If you'd persisted with it or taken a break instead of trying to force the outcome and get it done sooner, you know, famous last words. Um, it's just one of those things. I mean, I waited over six months, I think, for my PhD feedback. And then I had one person pretty much saying, oh, this is amazing, great, cool, no changes. Um, well, not no changes, but hardly any changes. And then another person from the same faculty, same university, as it turns out, saying like, no, I basically want you to rewrite the whole thing. Like just had so many issues with it so many places where I had to keep politely pointing out that like okay you clearly haven't read my thesis like thanks very much for your input (laughs) just having to go back to the drawing board so if you're stuck with something whether it's you're trying to finish studies or you're trying to get a renovation done or you've got some self-development some self-healing work whatever it might be see if you can instead of trying to force the outcome and push just pull back and lean into the idea of Maybe if things are not happening in the timing that you would like, the universe, whatever else, whatever concept, a concept bigger than you, outside of you, has a better plan. And that maybe these roadblocks, delays, annoyances are actually there for a good reason. Just something to ponder because, again, we go back to this idea of humans and dynamic, our growth, our healing, our progress is not linear. Often there is that kind of, you know, 
darkest bit before the dawn, I suppose to use the cliche of going backwards and feeling like you're stuck, that you've made no progress, that um, things are actually massively effing up in front of you. It's never going to get done. You're never going to get there. I hear you. I'm in that today. I have been in this for a few months now, this like, oh, with this thing, just fucking get out of my life, partially because I'm sick of looking at it and because I've been working on this project for two years and partially because I feel like every day that goes by that it's not out into the world, people are not getting the information, they're not getting the message that I want, they're not getting the love and support and training and all the things that I really desperately want the world to get. So I hear you, I'm in it myself, resistance. See if you can lean into it. You don't have to like it, but accept that if something is not happening in the timing that you want, maybe there's a reason for it. You don't need to know what it is yet. Just sit with it. Something to ponder for today. Talk to you next time. thanks for joining me today you know that to stay in the helping and healing professions you really need to level up your self-care and support you owe it to yourself and the people that you serve to make sure that your cup is running over and you are thriving so if you're identifying with some of these themes you're burnt out you're being bullied you're loving your work but you're sitting here and going I don't know if I can go on like this I'm exhausted I've got compassion fatigue let me help you I've got some openings in my coaching calendar and I would love to support you. If you want to sign up for updates on my birth trauma training course, you can do that too. Reach out to me, drerin.com.au or at drerinbow, B-O-W-E, on Instagram. Thank you for making time for yourself. I really mean that. Feeling uncomfortable, putting in the effort and the time to grow and learn for whatever stage of life you're in and whatever lesson you needed to be learning this is good stuff so i thank you so much for allowing me to speak my soul passion and do this work